Uh, welcome to Mixed Media. Uh, we are a live podcast, live stream starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday night. And basically, the three of us uh, talk about our respective art fields and, you know, generally art in society. And uh, today, like we, if you watched the earlier segment or, or you're watching live, uh, we are doing something which we did two weeks ago, which is uh, pretty popular, and I know we had a lot of fun with it, where we basically found some art that we enjoyed on Reddit or other spaces on the internet and are kind of offering our, our thoughts on it and kind of re- reviewing it. Yeah, that's that's who we are. So the piece uh, I want to look at is a piece I found on uh, Reddit uh, called Fantasy for Orchestra. Uh, the, this person uh, had a couple of pieces they put up recently, but... I chose chose this one. It's an interesting 12-minute long piece. Um, Irvin, you want to play a little bit of it? Sure. Okay, Scott is right. here. Oh, well, hello, Scott. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start uh, with just playing a little bit of your piece. Not gonna go through all all 12 minutes, but just to give a, a, our audience a sense of a sense of this piece. Do you want me to start anywhere, or I think you probably just start at the beginning, unless. Uh, Unless you have somewhere else you'd like to us to start, uh, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to start from the beginning from now. Um, by the way, Scott, we have a Discord in the link in the description. You should uh, hop on there because we have a growing art community. So, uh, yeah, let me uh, start.
You can probably stop there. Cool. Um, awesome. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I curiosity, sorry, before, before you start, oh, yeah. I was wondering, uh, Scott, uh, if you could tell us uh, if uh, you know, who, who your inspirations are uh, music-wise, like composers and whatnot. All right. So John Williams, romantic composers. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. What I noticed, um, first thing that kind of stood out to me about this piece, this I, at your, most of your stuff, I think, is on um, our classical music. And last time I was looking at music from um, mostly from uh, our composer. So there's maybe a little bit of di- different crowd, you know, the co- kind of composers who are posting on those two channels. So there was certainly some similarities. I would, I, I'll say that, you know, relative to like most of the stuff that I found, and I, I again listen to a lot of different things. Your your piece, well, all the, the pieces of yours that you, you posted, not just this one, kind of stood out to me because uh, you know a lot of the stuff that I I, I see and, and hear on on these uh, various Reddit uh, channels. You know, the, the composers tend to generally not have such a great sense of. Um, I talked about last time, kind of dividing. Uh, orchestration into orchestration and instrumentation and if anyone who hasn't didn't watch the last show um i consider instrumentation like the writing kind of a horizontal aspect writing for one instrument you know is it this line from here to here playable and characteristic idiomatic for the instrument and then orchestration is kind of the vertical aspect like how do i line up colors and balances within like one you know given note whole orchestra um and i find that a lot of uh, a lot of music that, that i you know see and, and hear on these various reddit channels that i explored a lot of instrumentation problems and if you don't have instrumentation you definitely can't have good orchestration and your your piece definitely is not like that uh we have not only good instrumentation but really great orchestration overall. You know, I'm kind of a really big fan of, of, of two things uh, in, in, in music and obviously melody. You know, I think everybody would say that, but I'm, I'm a really huge fan of color, orchestral color. And, you know, if you, if anyone who's been, you know, watching our show from the past, uh, probably almost half a year now. I don't remember exactly when we started, but I yeah. talk a lot about orchestral color. And, you know, in case that term itself is not uh, clear to somebody who's not a, a musician, uh, just listen to this this piece that, you know, we're just, what we're just listening to. And that is a great example of orchestral color. And there's some other things too. You could kind of say that it's an exploration of, kind of chordal color to more than like a chord progression, especially towards the end. I think it's less of like functional harmony, more of just, you know, well, non-functional harmony, harmony that's there for its sound. But just the way you're combining the the instruments, you have such a great understanding of trying to produce a particular kind of sound color and varying it and, you know, how to, how to achieve that, which is, which is really fantastic uh, to see. Uh, in in you know it's something I, I did not find in a lot of these pieces that I was listening to, and you you really have such a great well developed sense of, of that. I I'm gonna assume you can correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. I'm gonna assume that you have some uh, training in orchestration and just gen- composition in general, uh, because you know it's really you, you can obviously self study your way into that as well, but that's kind of hard to do. 
uh, I would say if you're just kind of doing it all by yourself and you're not going to, you're not going to luck into those orchestral colors. So yeah, you have, like I said, you have this great sense of how to, you know, create these different colors and you're doing it at the same time as, you know, giving us something melodic because it's easier to, to be really atmospheric and colorful and not have something melodic to, to kind of lash onto. And you, you give us both of those things, which is kind of a mark of, you know, even going beyond just the being a, you know, skilled orchestrator. Um, that's really what I, I listen for in, in all, all the greatest music, both, you know, melody and great colors along with that melody. Yeah, and there's some really great stuff. I don't, okay, so you, yeah, study, some private orchestration studies. Yeah, that's, that's great. Definitely, definitely is, is paid off in your music, I would say. Um, so a couple of things. I don't know whether you're, you're going for like a space-ish feel with this. Um, you know, the, the visuals on, your, on, on the video kind of suggest that. But the music itself also suggests that. So I don't know whether that was that's intentional or not. Um, to me, it sounds sort of like we're in this kind of, you know, space, outer space, space exploration-ish kind of uh, world. It reminds me a, a little bit of his piece that I played. Um, I don't think it was the actual world premieres, the uh, maybe like the second performance of it called uh, Cosmic Dust, which was, you know, music to accompany um, like a, bunch of images from the Hubble Space Telescope. Um, it definitely has had some element of that. And I think you're aided in that by just your 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 color choices and then your, your overall textures kind of empty, you know, it, it does get fuller, but a lot of it's kind of, you know, fewer instruments and you kind of feel that like aural, you know, gap. And then just generally kind of the restrained use of the strings, I would say, and, and the percussion. So, okay. So not not necessarily about space, but yeah, I, I think quite. it certainly matches that that the visual that you, you put up there, you know, whether that's intentional or not. It, it does. It sort of sounds in that that world. Uh, and there are a lot of like you, you mentioned Williams being an influence. Like if you just there's a lot of that sort of empty music in, uh, in places like Hoth or just in general, you know, lots of like starscapes of his. Um, and I, I've talked to about you know, how he's getting, Williams is also getting that, some of those emptier landscapes from um, people like Vaughn Williams and Vaughn Williams' Seventh Symphony. So kind of fits in, in that. Uh, there are other other moments that really remind me of, maybe I've just been listening to too much uh, Sir Arnold Bax recently, but there are some moments in there that kind of remind me of his melodic choices, I, I'd say, uh, in something like Tintagel, which is, you know, if you listen, I, I highly recommend you look and everyone out there look up Sir Arnold Bax, really underrated British composer, and his piece Tintagel is fantastic. All of his, pretty much most of his stuff is really great, but Tintagel in particular is probably his masterpiece. Um, and if you listen to it, you'll probably think that you're like I'm crazy because like this is very much the opposite of Tintagel in terms of texture and color. But I think there's certain ways that he like handles melodic stuff that remind, reminds me of, of what, you, what you're doing or you remind me what he was doing so i don't know there's certainly i think a sense of, of, of danger in there too throughout and just i don't know overall you were kind of getting out of, of like literal you know discussion of music but just my overall impression is kind of a sense of like being lost a little bit and kind of 
some sense of kind of exploration and danger, but certainly resolving itself at the end. So I know you mentioned uh, that, you know, this is written during lockdown. You kind of represent the, uh, represent the virus itself. So kind of makes sense, you know, being adrift in, in the middle of 2020. One thing I think that could make this piece improve a little bit is the, the overall arc of it. And, you know, so you're doing a really great job, which another thing that I, I, I didn't, I talked about in the last uh, Reddit review session um, episode where, you know, sometimes it's hard to like, when you have a thematic idea, um, you know, how do you like develop it and how do you kind of have it keep returning and not just have like a through composed piece. Um, you have a, you do a really good job of taking your, your main idea and it's great because it's so simple and so recognizable and kind of developing it and bringing it back. And, you know, so it, it has an arc, but I think overall the, it, it's sort of the first four minutes are great. There's definitely an arc we're kind of building and there's some really, really great stuff, you know, we kind of grow at like around 320, I'd say, you know, the stuff at about 425-ish, roughly the time on, on the YouTube video. Um, that's really cool. We kind of get this like, you know, spiky, um, not really jazzy, but like kind of sort of like jazz-like feel with the, the woodwinds and, and percussion. Um, that's, a, that's really cool. But I feel like after that section ends, um, the piece is a little bit flat in terms of its its trajectory. So we've done like a great job kind of building up to, to something. And, you know, we've maintained a lot of interest. And thereafter, like, I feel like even though we get kind of louder and softer at points, I feel like some of the, the tension in that middle section as we're kind of heading towards the end, I found my tension kind of sagging a little bit. Um, I just, you know, so you might want to think a little bit about how to in a longer piece like this um how to kind of maintain momentum it doesn't just have to be like we're going to keep getting more and more you know exciting you know build up to you know, higher and higher climax that's kind of like the marvel you know superhero mold of, of like filmmaking if we talk we've talked a lot about like that kind of narrative uh, structure you know we'd have to keep making mistakes higher you, you don't need to do that but I, I felt like you know some of it in that middle just was was kind of felt a little bit flat i think some of that too is because of of handling of dynamics which i don't think is necessarily like an, an intentional thing it's not what didn't sound the dynamics especially there weren't quite as natural where we kind of have like you know fuller texture and you know that in real life it would be really loud and then we go from like you know big brass stabs and then like one woodwind you know an oboe or something and it's kind of equally as loud even if you want that you know if it is being performed live even if you want the oboe player to play that note really loudly it's going to come down in volume and some of that also might be with like youtube compression too but um in the in the you know in the music that we have the the sound that we have it's pretty much the same volume as as the brass and there's there's a lot of moments like that where i think if you try to in, in your in your mock-up to uh to have a little bit more like naturalistic kind of volume that that would help create more of that arc and a little bit more interest i think also some of that interest could come from maybe a little bit more like overt development of of the melody you know i think you certainly are developing it but it seems like the melody is more just in that section kind of just sprinkled throughout instead of kind of receiving some sort of 
development or maybe, you know, maybe introduce some other kind of dominant theme, you know, secondary theme. Um, I don't mean dominant, uh, like in terms of, you know, pitch, but uh, like secondary idea that kind of is introduced there. So those are just some things that might help uh, the, the, you know, the uh, overall uh, arc of the piece, narrative arc of the piece. And then one, one thing also that, that I, I, I noticed um, is that sometimes you have these textures, especially with, like, mostly where we have um, strings and a woodwind playing. And, you, you know, the woodwind is kind of as loud as the strings. And you can get that uh, in real life. Uh, and you can, but obviously it's much easier to get that um, with virtual instruments than it is in real life. Because if you, if you, if you want, if you really want that kind of balance, you're going to have to ha have the strings play much softer and the woodwind, you know, play really loudly. Otherwise, woodwind is kind of going to uh, blend in and sort of be more of like a col adding color, but not be quite as powerful as the strings. So it's much harder to achieve that in real life. And if you want that effect for like the woodwind on top of the strings to be as loud, just know you're going to have to really crank, have them marked up really high if they're dynamic and the strings marked down a lot. Computer will mask that obviously, because you know, you can tell the computer do anything you want. Overall, some some really great stuff. I I just love that you're doing so much with the woodwinds and the percussion and like not, you know, overriding with the strings. That's an, an, another thing that's kind of, I'd say, fairly uncommon uh, amongst what pieces of it. Yeah, I, I've seen on on Reddit, um, really good handling of percussion and all those percussion colors. That includes the piano and harp, and then tying that in with the woodwinds. You know, it's kind of a not a terribly common uh, color choice, and it it works really well. I don't know. I I, I really enjoyed it. I'd say again, keep playing with those colors. Um, I did, like I, I said, I listened to the other pieces you put on um, put on Reddit, and again, you have that really great sense of orchestral color. So that that you know, but, but keep keep playing with those and keep developing that. Yeah, just you know, think about ways that you can kind of increase increase momentum in a, in a longer piece and this is this is a you know relatively longer piece it's good but you, it's kept to a manageable size you know it's not like you see a lot of people on there like i wrote a symphony and i've never written anything before but here's 40 minutes of music and you're like <laughs> uh no you know that's you're, you're not going to maintain anything for 40 minutes um if you've never written anything before so this is like a manageable size but it still needs tends to need um something that's going to you know propel the narrative instead of just like one one short idea and and you you're you're definitely like on 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 your way to do that just think about ways that you can you know the middle doesn't sag quite as much yeah so and then like i said some of those things about dynamics and like dynamic contrast naturalistic dynamic contrast which i think will also help with that narrative arc in in the middle any so, man uh who uh who likes John Williams is a man that uh, Ben can sympathize with. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. He's he's the he's the master of orchestral writings over the past fifty years. I don't think anybody in any kind of you know not just the film world, but I don't think any classical composers um, you know match up to him in the past fifty years. Yeah. 
Strong statements. <laughs> yeah, let's say bold statement. <laughs> and that's it. There are a lot of fantastic composers right now, but uh, he does. Yes, uh, Conrad Pope is uh, great. Um, if you, I don't know if you if you are on Facebook, but Conrad Pope's uh, orchestration page on Facebook is another great orchestration resource. Um, it's not quite as active as something like orchestration online, but you know, if you want to hear some stuff from, from observations from Conrad Pope himself, uh, that's a, that's something to check out if you, if you haven't already. Conrad Pope is, um, for anyone who doesn't know, one of, uh, Williams, probably main orchestrator, uh, over probably from like the nineties to, to today. Um, he had some other people like uh, Herb Alpert in the earlier part of his career, who were also fantastic orchestrators who are really responsible for helping bring about the sound of, of Star Wars. Although he, um, they all say that, you know, they don't do nearly as much work as orchestrators for orchestrating for other composers because Williams tends to write so much, kind of writes out what, what instruments he wants playing what, and their job is mostly to like, balance it and you know figure out um figure out like dovetailing and, and stuff but obviously i think they have more influence and, and impact than than they give themselves credit for oh william ross too yeah yeah are, are are orchestrators at all like very well i feel like they're not very well appreciated like you know like i mean i'm not i'm not in this world so i wouldn't know how much appreciation they do get or not but uh very little outside of the actual community that actually brings you scores scores life you know within within that little little community the orchestras are, are very important um oh shirley walker yep you're do you do you like tend to study a lot of uh film orchestration because you're you've got a lot of a lot of good names and these are all you know you got some 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 big names here that are not necessarily uh familiar to the average average uh listener okay yeah, so definitely keep keep looking at film orchestration, and yeah, that's that's also why we need uh why we need I I've made this rant several times, but why we need more film scores being published because that's also the best way to like look at these details. Obviously, you can listen for them, but if you want to see you know exact orchestration choices that aren't like apparent to your ear, that's why we need these film scores. More film scores to be published, especially. John Williams, which I know how Leonard will never let happen. Disney will let, never let happen. And but hopefully one day we get to see some real John Williams scores, not just the uh, signature editions. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, Scott. If you want to join us in the Discord, I don't know if you're there already, but uh, we'd love to have you there. The link is in the description. Uh, Nathan will drop a, or no, Nathan's about to speak. I will drop you a link uh, <laughs> in the chat yeah. to our Discord. We have like a community of people, a lot of musicians actually in the Discord. Um, we just got a music actually uh, got a solution. yeah yeah <laughs> so if you have any future stuff you want to shoot us a direct message on or shoot Ben a direct message on whatever uh, join our discord in the description yeah thanks for uh, letting me look at you and talk about your piece really great stuff keep up the good work oh uh, any news or industry any news in the music world um I don't know not nothing that I'm really aware of other than i guess disney announced they're making yesterday that they're making a season two of bad batch so we get some more kevin kiner awesome yeah so uh so it 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. Well, thank you so much for watching. If you've uh, stuck around the stream for this long, you are the real one. Why not join us on Discord is my next question. Um, link is in the description. Pop it community. Uh, we're going to be chatting all week, you know, amongst each other about stuff that's happening in film, media, gaming, music, literally anything. We'd like to have more people who have a little more, more uh, diversity in the arts that they, uh, they occupy. So if you're a painter, whatever, um, you know, ballet dancer, right? Uh, get in the Discord and speak about your art. We want to hear it and we want to share it with each other. Um, last thing I'll say is if you like this podcast, if you enjoy the fact that we review other people's stuff and chat with them and whatever, leave us a comment to tell us what you like or don't like and hit the like or dislike button. If you really don't like it that much, at least hit the dislike button so that I can know, uh, uh, so we can know what we should uh, do, that we should be doing better and striving for more. Uh, so with that said, I'll wish you guys a good week. Yeah, thanks right, for listening. Bye. Bye.